When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it for the next three hours right up until Larry and Gordon, the dynamic duo. So a lot to check off tonight, and we'll do it with you at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo, they are here as well. My buddies, my pals, good to be in the flesh. Get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. I can't remember the last time that we actually had an opportunity to do not one, but two shows in a week in, in the same week. I mean, we're getting a little spoiled here right oh, now. I mean, please. this is craziness. I mean, somebody like lost their collective mind that they're letting us do two shows. A- and, and you know what? I got news for you. If you were with us on Monday night, I let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be doing a show on Friday night, too. Okay. How about that? Little Friday action. Oh, and by the way, yeah, the Saturday morning vehicle. Damn it up! Which is a thing. So four big shows. That's a lot of grassa. A lot of grassa for one week. But we'll have some fun regardless. A lot of things we got to check off the itinerary tonight. We got a Nets Celtics game, which we'll keep our eyes on up there in Boston. Maybe the Nets will be able to rise to the occasion, unlike the Knicks were able to do last night themselves against the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. And we'll get to that coming up. A little bit later on here in the program, but we got to start with, we got to start with, you know what we got to start with, right? Well, if you didn't get a chance to keep up with the news all day, this happened this morning. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Oh, we love you too, Tom. Kind of. Um, so, Tom, getting a little emotional there at the end. You know, you do something for 23 years, and then you find out that you're not going to be doing it any longer. And I guess I'm going to take him at his word, and we're going to take him at his word that he means it this time. Because, yeah, you're not crazy if you're sitting there and the old memory bank is trying to produce, well, wait a sec, didn't he retire once before and then came back? Yeah, you're right about that. It was just a year ago. And wasn't it around this time last year that he did this as well? Yeah, you're right. It was exactly a year ago to this day, February the 1st, 2022. But this time I think it's for real, right? And Tom Brady, you cannot say that he isn't a man of his word because he said once upon a time, and he said it for a lot of years, that he wants to play until he's 45 years old. Well, guess what? Check the birth certificate. You know how old Tom Brady is? He's 45 years old. And he indeed is going to call it quits after this 2022 season, which you know was not exactly the way that you want to go out. And enough good things have happened to Tom Brady during his career, and he's certainly checked off as many milestones and has accomplished more things than maybe any other guy to step foot on a football field 
in the National Football League. So, you know, not even Tom Brady can have a great storybook ending. But 23 years in the league, and he is without a doubt the greatest winner in the history of this sport, which is certainly the most popular form of entertainment that we have in our society. You talk about a guy who won seven Super Bowls. He was a five-time Super Bowl MVP, three regular season MVP awards. And, you know, when we call him the ultimate winner and the greatest winner, look no further than the fact that throughout those two decades plus as a quarterback, the most in-demand, the most highly scrutinized position in professional sports, the guy only had one losing season in his entire career. And you know when that losing season was? It was just this past season. When he came back to play for Todd Bowles and company in Tampa Bay, and they go 8-9. and nine. So not the way you want to go out. And, you know, you could kind of see it maybe towards the end, and especially that last playoff game when they lose at home against the Dallas Cowboys, and, you know, Tom was running off the field, and he had his parents there at the tunnel just as he was about to exit stage left, and he did that press conference afterwards, and he thanked all the Tampa Bay media for their professionalism and how they went about covering the team, and, you know, there's respecting his privacy and all those things. Now, I didn't know if he was going to retire. Like, if you were to ask me yesterday, I would have said, yeah, I think he might come back and play another year, but it's just not going to be in Tampa Bay. I was pretty certain he wasn't going to the Bucks because when you factor in all those things like we talked about, it seemed like Tampa Bay was not going to be part of his future. That was almost like a goodbye to the organization. Now, I wonder if Tampa Bay, like years down the road, are they going to retire Brady's number? Because remember, right, they won a Super Bowl championship. Bucks have won two in their history. Brady's responsible for one of them. So I'm sure that they're going to have a reunion of the 2020 Bucks, the COVID Bucks, whether it's 20 years, 30 years down the line. You know, Brady's going to be there. He's, he's going to have to show up. He might as well retire the number. I mean, who else's quarterback uh, number are you going to retire in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? It's not exactly like it's a, a an organization brimming in history. And when they broke into the NFL back in the 70s, I mean, they were a laughing stock. They were a laughing stock for a long time. But you're not going to remember Tom Brady as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You're going to remember Tom Brady for all of his years with the New England Patriots. And in this city specifically, the wars, the battles, twice a year with the New York Jets, sometimes three times a year. And then even on the biggest stage, the battles that he had with the New York Giants. And Tom Brady fell short a few times in the big game. And two of those times were against the Giants. And that's something that every Giant fan is going to be able to say in regards to Tom Brady. And you can always say that Eli Manning got the better of Tom Brady on two occasions in the Super Bowl. But you certainly have to acknowledge and respect what this guy did for as long as he did it. And I've said many times that those two decades up in New England with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, whether you liked them, whether you hated them, and I'm sure that most people around here probably hated the Patriots and hated those teams, as you should. But that partnership with Bill Belichick And the dynasty that they were able to conjure up. And I call the entire two-decade run a dynasty. I know that not every one of them ended in a Super Bowl championship or even a trip to the Super Bowl. But you think about the sustained level of success. We will see nothing like that ever again in the history of the National Football League for as long as they did it. I am quite certain that that is going to indeed be a reality. You know, there's not a lot of certainties that we have when we talk about sports and forecast, you know, what the future is going to be. I guarantee you, in our lifetimes, we will never see a run as dominant and as consistently excellent as what Brady and Belichick and those Patriots teams did for two decades. Now, as far as legacies go, I mean, look, when they had their little separation, 
after 2019 and Brady went down to Tampa Bay, he got himself another Super Bowl. So he proved that, hey, I could do it without Belichick. Were they great together? Absolutely. You know, it's like the ultimate band. You know, it's like the Beatles. And then the Beatles go their separate ways. And some of them might have good solo albums and, you know, make good songs on their own. But they were really never as great as they were when they were together. That's like Brady and Belichick. Except Brady went off and he had himself a major hit by winning the title. Belichick, on the other hand, he hasn't reached that same level of success since Brady left. So that's another feather in the cap for Tom because, you know, think about for all those years, you would get into these conversations and these debates about, well, who's more responsible for the Patriots' success? Is it the coach? Is it the quarterback? Is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? It's both of them. But as much of a genius as Belichick is and as great as a tactician as he is and as much winning as he's done, and, you know, he's tremendous. He might be the greatest coach of all time. He hadn't won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And I'm not giving him, I'm not talking about his days as a defensive coordinator under Bill Parcells with the Giants when they won a couple of Super Bowls and how great he was there. But he never got to those heights without the quarterback. And we talk about that so often. You could be a genius of a coach, but if you don't have the players, it really ain't going to mean much. You got to have the guys to be able to go out there and execute your plan. And give this guy credit, too, man. You know, he t- apparently he told the Bucks at 6 o'clock this morning that he was retiring. Most of us weren't even awake yet. I wasn't even awake yet. And this is a guy who was retiring. It's not like he's getting up that early to go to work or to go watch film or to get a, a workout in or something like that. No, he wakes. He, he's getting that stuff done to tell him, I'm done. I'm finished. I got to go to work. And I was still waking up uh, 10 minutes after that or whatever it is. But he really... What you admire about him and what he was able to accomplish in his career, he kind of kept reinventing himself. And yeah, in an odd way, he got better as he got older. And different things were asked of him as he got older into his career and he's, as he progressed through his career. Remember, when he broke in, nobody knew who the hell he was. You know, a few people. I mean, he played at Michigan. We know that. But, you know, he was a sixth-round pick. He was an afterthought. His first season, you know, he was just kind of there as window dressing. Then 2001 happens. He's the backup. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt in that second week, and here comes this guy, Tom Brady. And then the rest is history. But those first four years, when, yes, they won three Super Bowls during that four-year period, he was extremely clutch in the big game. But statistically speaking, individually, He wasn't this, like, MVP quarterback in the making like we got to know him to be later on in his career. Those Patriots teams, remember, they were a veteran group. Defensively, they would out-scheme the hell out of you. They all played that system to a T. It seemed like Belichick and Romeo Cronell and everybody on that defensive side of the ball, they were one up on the opposing offense. That was their strength. And then they would run the football. They would control the clock. They wouldn't make mistakes. But I don't think we would call those Patriots teams explosive by any stretch. I don't think you could. And I remember early on, now Grant, this is two, you know, 20 years ago. But if you remember, so the Patriots win that Super Bowl in 2001, right? Kind of, you know, at the time we all thought it was flukish. Like, how many of us, if you, if you went back at the time machine and said after that first Super Bowl, yeah, they're going to win, you know, five more of these things, and they're not going to go away for the next 20 years, you probably would have thought you were crazy because Brady still hadn't really stood out, per se. And then the next year, remember, in 2002, the Pats came back. They missed the playoffs in that second season. They had a winning record. They went 9-7 and seven, but missed the playoffs, and it was the Jets, of all people, that won the division with Chad Pennington bursting onto the scene. Shoot, I remember... 
back in the day, getting into arguments with people. You know, here's Pennington, and he's the new flavor of the month and helps the Jets win a division. Meantime, Brady misses the playoffs in his second year, and I'm sitting here trying to convince people that, you know what, this Pennington guy might be better than Brady when it's all said and done. And obviously things went incredibly off course as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, there were those doubts. So they win those early Super Bowls, and then the team becomes more about Brady. Right, They put more on his shoulders. They said, Tom, you're the guy. You go out there. You're the focal point. They went out and got him weapons. Right, They brought in Randy Moss. They brought in Wes Welker. And then that 2007 season, when they went 18-0 and at one point until they ran into the Giants, he was the MVP of the league. That Patriots team rewrote the record book as far as offense and scoring points, and that was Tom's first MVP award. That was finally when we started to look at him as like, wow, he's more than just, let's say, a system team-oriented quarterback. Like, he could go out there and put an entire team on his shoulders for an entire season, right? And then they moved on from that group, and in came Rob Gronkowski and the Julian Edelmans of the world and Amendola's. Remember Chris Hogan, right? Chris Hogan, who was a lacrosse player, for crying out loud, and I think went back to playing lacrosse again. Brady made these guys household names because he made the guys around him better and continued to win, continued to, you know, tack on Super Bowls, won a couple more MVPs along the way, and then left little doubt that he was indeed the greatest of all time because there was an argument for a long time, right? Even some of his contemporaries, like when we sat there and talked about the hierarchies of quarterbacks, like he wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a slam dunk, he was the best, You know, Peyton Manning was winning way more MVPs and putting up way gaudier statistics than Tom Brady was. You know, and Manning did his share of winning. And I think as as just as individual quarterbacks, I mean, Manning was a more talented passer than Brady was, but didn't get a chance to win as much. And that's why I thought it was interesting when we just got done with the past weekend here with Cincinnati and with Kansas City, how we, we equated the whole Burrow and Mahomes argument. That Mahomes is like the flashier talent, the more gifted player, but yet Burrow might end up being the bigger winner. And especially if Cincinnati would have beat Kansas City, he would have had like, you know, a 4 nothing record against them just in the last year. And it gave me those Brady-Manning vibes when the Patriots just owned the Colts despite the fact Manning was winning MVP awards. Hell of a career. And we're not going to see anything like it ever again, really and truly. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. So what are we getting at here with this? Well, how does it pertain to the Jets, Brady's decision to walk away? We'll talk about that coming up next. Plus, the Aaron Rodgers rumors aren't going away. He really had some interesting things to say on the McAfee show yesterday when he did his appearance there. We'll weigh in on that. We'll get into plenty of the basketball with the Knicks from last night, which was a major disappointment. A lot of things on the agenda. Over the next few hours, it's you and me till 10. Dan Grasso Show, live and in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. When I'm flying in a plane or I'm on the street, there's a lot of friendly people that I like to meet. They shake my hand but never ask my name And they start asking questions that are always the same Hey, what's Michael J. Fox like? He's nice What's Christopher Lloyd like? Kinda quiet What's Chris So this Christine is the Glover Biff Tannen like? uh, song? Unusual, stop asking me the question What's his name, the actor's name, by the way? It's, isn't it like Thomas something? Or I'm trying to remember, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what his name is But that's the, uh, that's the song Gotta give that thing a listen Wilson. What is it? I'm sorry? Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Okay, Tom Wilson. So that's on YouTube. You go check it out. The Biff song from uh, Back to the Future fame. Grasso Show, 987 ESPN. Taking it right up until 10 o'clock, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So Brady's gone. That means the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need themselves a quarterback. They're going to be another team into the mix. Now, I don't know if they're going to be shooting for the stars to the same extent that the Jets would be because we know that at least we're led to believe that they have their eyes on some pretty hefty targets, namely the Aaron Rodgers is of the world, maybe even Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. You would think that Tampa Bay would probably want to, you know, delve into those waters. And right now, too, I mean, you look at the NFC South, look at the quarterbacks that are left on those teams and on those rosters. I mean, Tampa Bay's got nobody. Atlanta, I mean, they drafted Desmond Ritter last year. You saw him for a brief cameo last season for a couple of games, but you don't know if he's going to be the real deal. The Saints, I mean, they essentially don't have an answer, and neither do the Carolina Panthers. I mean, unless, you know, our buddy Sam Darnold's going to turn things around. But my gosh, I mean, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school that the NFC South by far is the worst quarterback division in all the National Football League. And look, Tampa Bay's not going to complain. They took a chance on Brady. They knew it wasn't going to be for eternity. It was a short-term proposition. They got three years out of him, and one of them resulted in a Super Bowl. I think Jet fans would take that in a heartbeat. If you told them, hey, you know what, you're going to get Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or whoever. It's going to be three years, but in one of those three years, you're going to get a Super Bowl out of it. Where do you sign? Sign me up. Any day. You know, Brady got the best of the Jets. More often than not, I mean, he got the best of pretty much every team in the NFL. Um, but when the Jets did beat him, especially that one in the playoff game, I mean, that's as probably as good a win as maybe the Jets have ever had, aside from Super Bowl three. CBS Sports posted this graphic of Brady's record against every NFL team, which I retweeted. Regular season, of course. Brady's record in his career against the Jets was 30-7. and seven. I could probably remember exactly the seven games that they beat him because there weren't that many. Uh, and he was 6-1 and one against the Giants, not including, of course, the two Super Bowls. But that one Giant win in the regular season, that came in, what, 2011? Uh, what was that, the Jake Ballard game or whatever? And then the Giants then beat him, uh, went back and beat him in the Super Bowl game that season. So how about that? Just one regular season loss against the Giants, and then they doubled it up with a Super Bowl win 
a little bit later on there. All right, let's get to the phones. A lot of people want to chime in here at 800-919-3776. We will start it off with Artie in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7. Art, how we doing? Damn, my man. Okay, so in 1993. Yeah. The great Michael Jordan. Who made the What was that? I'm sorry. We were playing some sound effects that totally took you out of the mix there. Say again. Okay, so the great Michael Jordan retires in 1993. Who made the championship that year? Uh, Well, 93, and then it was the 94 season. That was, of course, the Knicks and the Rockets. Okay, so how symmetry that the great Brady retires? That's who's making the Super Bowl this year. Is it the J-E-T-S, Artie? Is it the J-E-T-S going to the game? Is that what it is? We're going to the Super Bowl? Look, I've been going back and forth with these quarterbacks. Forget it. Listen, give whatever the heck you have to. Bring Rodgers in. He will do exactly what Brady did for Tampa. Bring in all these guys that are just ready to retire. Chase the ring. We got two years. Super Bowl. If they don't win, if it doesn't work out, if it happens like Brett Favre, you know, people don't forget. They say, oh, what a disaster. When we beat the Titans, we were arguably the best team in the AFC. All the Jets fans were talking Super Bowl. Oh, I mean, Super Bowl. The only time we thought Super Bowl is when we're talking about this. <laughs> so, look, we could do this if we don't win. I'm a season ticket holder. I swear. Bring in Cotite and Hackenberg the other three years, tank it up. But for two years, with Rogers here, we can finally dream, Dan. All right, thanks for taking the call, buddy. All right, be good. I think any Jet fan would sign up for that, too. You know, you, you give them a Super Bowl promise and a Super Bowl guarantee, and then the next two seasons after that, you know what, you could just go in the tank and maybe you win like, you know, it could be like the Adam Gase year times two where you just win a couple of games and then that's it. But as long as you got that Super Bowl to fall back on, you're living a golden life. See, if you were a Jet fan that's, you know, 50, 60 years old, and you remember Super Bowl three, and you were around for Joe Namath, you know, you probably were living off of that game for at least a, a handful of seasons after that. But, you know, now we're 50-plus years beyond it, and it's already gotten a little stale, right? It's something that you can't even draw back on anymore. It's nice, but it's also a stark reminder that you haven't won anything and haven't been back to the big game in five and a half decades. And it's got to change. But who's the guy that's going to be? Who's the guy you're going to go out and get to help things change? Who's that quarterback? Who's that guy? Iron Staten Island, he might have an answer. He's up next year on 98.7. Ira, how we doing? Hey, hey, good evening, Dan. How are you? What's up, hey, bud? Before I get to the... Nothing much. Uh, you know, good luck to Tom Brady. A tremendous career. You spelled that out right. And before I get to the Jets, I want to tell you a quick Brady story. There was an opening uh, summer camp up in Cortland. Yeah. And I uh, I bumped into this guy who was trying to sell uh, these specialized trade, treadmills to the Jets. And we were having a conversation. And he told me that he put one in Brady's house. And he told me you know, he put it in because the way it worked, and I can't explain it exactly, but... When you when you train on this treadmill, it, it took away the body weight. So, like, if you're 220 pounds, it's like you're you're running, and your, your body weight's like 110 pounds. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, it was less stress on your knees. Anyway, uh, we got into Brady talk, and he got said, you know, was in his house, and he got to know the guy. And 
and he became firm with him. And I, he got in, I said, well, his career is unbelievable. This is 13 years ago, Dan. He told me at that point, and this is the truth, mm-hmm. Brady's goal was to play to his 45 years old. And in 2010, I told this guy, you're out of your mind. Who plays past 40? And look what happened. He played to his 45 years old. It's incredible longevity. You know what I mean? Because, Ira, look, you could say you want to hang around until you're 45. And, you know, if you're able to stand and walk and, you know, even stand on the sidelines and hold a clipboard, you might be able to hang around long. Think about how many quarterbacks, you know, just were back. You know, Vinny Testaverde hung around as a backup forever, you know, past he was 40. But to be able to do it at a high level like Brady has till that age for 23 seasons and look, if he came back next year, I don't think anybody was going to reject him and say, no, we don't want you as the quarterback. He could still play winning football. Is he as good as he once was? Probably not. I mean, look, that happens to anybody. But you can't ever accuse the guy of not giving it everything he had to do off the field, training, fitness, nutrition, whatever, to give himself the best chance to be successful. So he should be commended for that. And he should. It's just an amazing career he had. And you get on how it's going to affect the Jets. Well, you know, it's quite simple. You know, the dominoes are going to fall now. All of a sudden, San Francisco, you know, hopefully Purdy's going to be all right, but chances are he's going to need quite a while to recover. It looked like Tommy John. And I don't think they're so going to play Lance. So all of a sudden, Derek Carr's a West Coast kid. He's been out there his whole life. He probably don't even have to move if he, saw, if he has any interest to go to the Rangers and they want him. All of a sudden, if Derek Carr ends up in San Francisco because Brady didn't go there because he retired, now what are you really left with? It's kind of Rogers a bust unless you're going to get involved with Garoppolo. That's it. So I think the Jets, by the time this Derek Carr thing goes down, uh, they've got to have an answer uh, from Rogers because if, if Rogers is going to delay this thing, uh, Jets might have to move to scoop up Carr if he has any interest to come to the Jets. Well, Carr, I think, if, if he had his druthers, and Ira, thanks for the phone call, I, I think Carr obviously wants to be traded, you know? It's a little bit different as opposed to, you know, them just cutting you loose, even though you get to pick your own destination. You know, I was seeing something a little bit earlier with, you know, there, there's some sort of saving grace. And, no, I, I, I was moved because some other team wanted me, as opposed to your old club just kicks you to the curb because they don't like you anymore. But one thing you could rule out, and remember, the Brock Purdy injury just complicated things. I mean, we were even, I think I even threw it out there back on Monday night, right? Purdy has the UCL injury, and you start to speculate, okay, how long is he going to be out for? And now you're hearing some things that it might need to be like a Tommy John-type surgery, that he messed that thing up completely. And so forget about six months. You might be talking about, like, closer to nine and beyond, which means he's not going to be ready for the rest of this or for the beginning of the season, which would imply that right now Trey Lance is the guy, and he's going to get yet another opportunity to guide this ship. But Garoppolo's name was at least being speculated about that it could be a possibility because, you know, it's like they can't quit each other, and he wasn't even supposed to be here for 2022, and they brought him back, and he ended up taking the starting job again, and he was playing winning football for him. But today, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch – the Brain Trust for the 49ers, they had a little press conference, and they were asked specifically about the chances of Jimmy Garoppolo maybe making another return for the Niners. There's an area in which you guys can see Jimmy being back, and if so, what, what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. Yeah, no, I gotcha. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty definitive right there. So Garoppolo and the team are going to go their separate ways. By the way, you know, I, some people, they always try to make an issue out of everything. 
everything. But I guess, did you notice when you were watching, if you were still awake watching the NFC Championship game on Sunday and the Niners were, you know, getting destroyed, you see a couple of times when the camera showed Garoppolo on the sidelines, like he was smiling and he was laughing with a couple of his teammates, and people are just, like, you know, condemning him like he's the worst human being on the planet because how dare he not be anything but crestfallen when his team is getting pummeled in the NFC Championship game? How can you not laugh? I look at it a different way. If you try to make sense of the run of luck that the Niners had in that one football game specifically, losing not one but two quarterbacks, and you're quarterbackless in the biggest game when you're one step for the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be able to do anything but laugh and shrug my shoulders. It's like beyond belief that something like that would happen. I think Garoppolo would be a good option. I think Rodgers would be a good option. Those would be my two preferences if you're asking me what direction I would like to see the Jets go. Carm a little more hot and cold on. If those other two options don't turn up and you told me, okay, you know, Carr is going to be the guy, I, I mean, I could, I guess, learn to live with it based upon what they've had for the last 12 years. But those would be the other two targets I think that you should prioritize. And specifically about Rodgers, comments he made on McAfee yesterday didn't exactly close the door on having potential interest in coming to this neck of the woods. We'll share those with you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get into the basketball a little bit later on as well. We're with you till 10. Grasser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With the Brady thing, going back to that first year and that first championship run and why there was, like I was saying at the time, you know, if you were old enough to experience it, why there was still a, a, a decent amount of skepticism, like this was a fluky thing, right? You were talking about a guy who was a sixth-round pick, Patriots didn't even know what the hell they had in him and didn't really have high expectations. Remember, Bledsoe was the guy. He was their franchise player, their franchise quarterback. He already signed the long contract extension worth a lot of money. And all the ways that it kind of unfolded that year in 2001 for them to win that Super Bowl. Remember, the playoff game against the Raiders, the famous tuck rule game in the snow, that was fluky. You know, I mean, you can't say that the Patriots won that one definitively because I think it's a stupid rule, and so do a lot of people. 
And then Brady fumbled the ball, and if that stands, there ain't no dynasty, at least not that first year. Maybe there's no Brady because they may go back to Bledsoe starting next season. And then so they win that game, and then the next week in the AFC Championship game, they go to Pittsburgh, and Brady gets hurt in the first half of the game. Bledsoe has to come in and win the Patriots the game that day to send them to the Super Bowl. So here you go. Here's Brady, his first two playoff games. A lot of people think he fumbled and lost against the Raiders, and then he never even won them the game in the title game in Pittsburgh. It was Bledsoe. But, you know, the other thing, too, with quarterbacks, and I get the nature of the business. You know, the quarterback gets all the credit, maybe more than he deserves, the blame, maybe even more than he deserves. It's the coach, it's the quarterback. But it really is a team game because we sit here and we praise Brady for being the ultimate winner and for having the most Super Bowls and that sort of thing. But if you really want to narrow it down, right, out of his seven Super Bowls, Think about what else had to happen, and think about the other guys that had to make plays for Brady to get those championships. What happens if Adam Vinatieri doesn't make that kick against the Rams in the first Super Bowl, right? Then the game goes into overtime. We don't know if the Patriots win because the game was tied at the time. What happens if Adam Vinatieri doesn't make the kick two years later against the Panthers in that Super Bowl? Game would have gone into overtime. We don't know if the Patriots would have won. So that's two rings right there that Brady has thanks to his kicker in some way, shape, or form. You fast forward years later to when the Patriots played that Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks, the famous Malcolm Butler interception of Russell Wilson down near the goal line when Darryl Bevel called up a pass play from the two-yard line instead of just giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Tom Brady walked off the field giving the Patriots the lead. You know, he did his job, and that's, again, like, that's why you have to really appreciate that it's a team game. Brady did what he had to do. He walked off the sidelines, told his defense, hey, guys, you got a lead in the Super Bowl. Get a stop. We're world champs. Well, they did, but it also took an assist from Seattle's bonehead coaching staff. So Brady gets another Super Bowl, but what happens if they just gave the ball to Lynch and he scores a touchdown? That's another one less ring that Brady has. Is it going to really impact his legacy? Because after all, he didn't lose them that game. It would have been the defense that allowed a touchdown. But Brady walked off the field with the lead. So, I mean, you could really make a field day of this and go back and examine everything with a fine-tooth comb and go through all these scenarios. The bottom line is, yes, I know that the quarterback gets all the credit and, you know, he's the hero and that sort of thing, but there are other factors involved. And it really isn't a joke when they say football's the ultimate team game because it takes every single one of those 46 guys who are in uniform on Sundays. Richard's in Manhattan. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Richard, how are you? Hi, Dan. Dan, Bill Belichick has to take a tremendous hit for allowing Brady to leave. He had a Super Bowl-winning, five-time-winning quarterback and let him go. Let him go. Just because of the ego or they couldn't work out a salary or whatever it was. And he had one more Super Bowl at least in him, which he proved. And he won with a new team, new players, unfamiliar system, new coach. I mean, that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in sports. It shows you that it was 
Brady, 80%, and Belichick, 20%. What has Belichick done in three years since Brady's gone? Not even one one playoff game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we argue this? This is, te- this is a terrible mistake. So Belichick has to get a hit, not because he's not winning now, because he was stupid enough to let a guy go who can win him another Super Bowl. And if you and if you know it, you know it. You don't make that move. That's your man. You should know better than anyone. So it was ridiculous what he did to let that guy go. That guy could have won him at least one more. They still would have been pertinent these other two years, relevant these two years. That was tremendous. Uh, Dan, can I just say one thing about uh, uh, Randall last night, Julius Randall in yeah. the Knicks? Quickly, mm-hmm. all right. I've been listening. Everyone is killing Julius Randall. It wasn't Randall's fault. This is the same argument I used to hear about Carmelo Anthony. These guys, are, this is the way Randall plays the game. He is not a savant. At the end of the game, you give the ball to your smartest ball player. Now, if your smartest ball player isn't that good scoring-wise, well, then we can talk about it. But Brunson is a great scorer, and he's the smartest ball player on the Nick team. You give him the ball and let him create something, because he would have gotten the shot off. He would have gotten a good shot off. He probably would have made the shot, and we would have won the game. That is, that's Thibodeau's fault. I don't know what. Randall is a certain kind of player. Mm-hmm. He's good for what he does. You know, I go back to the old Knicks. That would be like Red Holzman calling timeout and just setting up a play for Bill Bradley to go one-on-one. That's not what Bill Bradley did. That would They would have never done that in a million well, years. Well, Richard, here's, here's the thing, though, and I'm going to stop you. I, 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 I appreciate the phone call. Here, here's the thing. You're, 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 you're little, little wide right. On, on both of your assertions. He's a second coming off with I don't know what. First, let's take him in reverse, okay? The, the, the last play of the game. First of all, I didn't think I, – I, I know that Randall, okay, had another double-double last night. I don't think he played a great game, you know? He shot 6 of 19 from the floor. He was 2 of 9 from 3. That's not great, you know? You have to put up that many shots just to get – I mean, it was not an efficient game for him. That's number one. The last play of the game. Now, look, we were all thinking the same thing when we were watching it live, right? He didn't even get a clean shot off. And you're saying, well, wait a sec. Brunson is your guy. Brunson's out there having himself another, you know, pretty darn good night. Why wasn't the ball in Brunson's hands on the final sequence of the game? That was my thoughts. That was Richard's thoughts. Those are probably a lot of people's thoughts. And that is why that the head coach after the game faces the media. And he was asked that exact question, and he shed some light on it. There's three options on that play, and so they have to read the defense. LeBron was on Jalen, and uh, Davis was on Julius. Depending on what they're doing, it can go either way. So there's there's options on that play. That's why it's set up the way it is. All right, so the bottom line is, all right, LeBron James was on Jalen Brunson. You really thought Brunson was going to get a good look when a guy who's, what, eight or nine inches taller than him? And it's not like what? There was only like four and a half seconds left on the clock. So if, if, if LeBron is guarding Jalen Brunson, I guarantee you that Brunson probably wouldn't have been able to take it to the hole. He would have probably just have to chuck up a three and hopefully get it over the outstretched arms of a guy who's significantly taller than he was. I mean, the odds were not great. And, and, and like you said, w- w- that, or the Thibodeau said, 
it's not like so simplistic as, okay, you give the ball to this guy, do your thing. No, they draw it up to where you have different options. You know, it's like that even in football. Quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage, you got two options on some cases and some plays, and you go off of your read. So the players that are out there, they have to read the defense, see what they're giving them, and they felt that was their best option. Turns out it wasn't, but I don't think if Brunson was the guy with the ball in his hands and tried to get up a final shot, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game. We still would have been going to overtime. The Knicks ran out of gas. We'll talk more about them a little bit later on because there were some telling things that happened in that game, apart from, of course, the last sequence and the final score. But back to another thing that Richard was saying about, you know, the the divorce with Brady and Belichick up there. I, I, I can't you can't say that, you know, Belichick is stupid for letting Brady leave. I mean, Brady's not a prisoner. You know, they didn't keep him in the dungeon up there in Foxborough with, with, with chains and stuff. He, he, he's a grown man, and his contract was up. And after 20 years in one place, you know what? He decided, I want to go someplace else and see what else life is like. How do we know at the time? You know, what if Giselle didn't like living up there in Boston in the cold weather? You know, I heard that that was part of it, too. And, and oh, by the way, Brady, for the longest time, was the ultimate winner in, in, in the sport, had accomplished everything, all the championships, all the Super Bowl MVPs. Brady was a guy who took a hometown discount and took less money so the Patriots could go out there and bring in other high-priced players so they could win. Brady wanted to get his piece of the pie, and that was what going to Tampa Bay afforded him the opportunity to do. And, and, and that's allowed. That's what free agency is. And if the Pats weren't willing to meet his price and if, you know, they wanted maybe a clean break from each other, he was allowed. He put in his time 20 years. You know, I, I think any Patriot fan would give him a pass for everything that he accomplished for that franchise. I mean, he, he made them the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport. And if you're old enough, go back and research, you know, and if you're not, go research and just exactly get a feel of just how irrelevant the Patriots were. Not so much before Belichick got there, but about eight years before when Parcells rode into town. Before Parcells went to New England in 1993, the Patriots were arguably the laughing stock of the NFL. They really and truly were. Nobody would go to the games. They were blacked out on local television up in the New England area. They were a mess. And now fast forward all these years later, to the gold standard. 800-919-3776. Grasa till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I hate all-star breaks. Hate them. Not just because it zaps the momentum of the season. You know, you miss the sport. And, you know, hockey's going to be going into their all-star break here. You know, I think tonight's the last night of games. I mean, the locals haven't played now for a couple of nights. And, you know, they're going to be out of the mix until Monday. That's the good thing, though, is that, you know, they're going to do all the all-star stuff on Saturday. And then they're right back at it on Monday. Not like the following Friday. or like the NBA feels like it takes like a month off when they do the All-Star break. But the hockey will be back. I miss it. You know, you get into this routine this time of year. Uh, Georgie and Elizabeth, he's up next year on 98.7. Georgie, what's going on tonight? 
Hey, how you doing, Dan? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it, George. What's going on? I I just want your opinion on something. I I hear all this talk about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, and they're going to have to spend a lot of capital, obviously, to get him. And I'm wondering why is it as much fervor of spending that capital in the first-round picks and all of that to go after somebody long-term like Lamar Jackson? He's not – they're not paying him over there, and it looks like that's a marriage that's about to be headed toward divorce. Why not take a shot at Baltimore, offer them the house, and see if you can get that man for the next seven years? Because Aaron, you're going to get two years, maybe three, and and that's it. I I just wanted your opinion on why they wouldn't go after Lamar Jackson. Well, because you just said, I mean, you said it yourself, George, right? You have to give up the house. You said give Baltimore the house to get Lamar Jackson. Ravens are not – and look – John Harbaugh, a couple of weeks ago at the season-ending press conference, they said that Lamar's not going anywhere. He's going to be here, 200% chance or whatever he said. I'll take him at his word. The other problem with that, though, George, like for the things that you outlined, it's going to cost you draft capital, and it's going to cost you money, too. Because Baltimore is not going to let Lamar Jackson walk out of there for nothing, right? I mean, he's their prize commodity right now. So... Somehow, some way, if things fall apart, which I, I, I don't think they will, right, they're going to want to get compensated because they know that that's their best chance to be good again because they're going to have to go find themselves a new quarterback, despite the fact Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. What a joke that is. Um, and then, oh, by the way, whoever gets Lamar Jackson, you saw the hard ball that he's been playing with Baltimore. You don't think that that's going to continue any other place he goes? He wants to get paid. He wants to get paid a lot. So I, I think that, you know, you're kind of, it's almost like pick your poison. No matter which one of these quarterbacks that is going to cost you maybe, I'll tell you what, Lamar Jackson might cost you more in draft picks than going to get Aaron Rodgers would. Because I'm still not believing what all these reports are that Green Bay is going to want for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's multiple first-round picks. I think you could maybe get him for a one, and then you get creative with that. But I don't know if Baltimore is going to be as forgiving because Lamar Jackson's a lot younger than Aaron Rodgers, too. All right, good first hour. We'll keep the conversation going at 800-919-3776. We'll get into the Knicks, and we'll also hear from Aaron Rodgers about what he thinks maybe some of those other teams with interest like the Jets and where do they fall as far as his preference could be. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN.